Alright guys, welcome back to episode 7 of Howlin' at the Mic. Not live today, just because we got a few, um, you know, a few internet issues over there in Madison, Wisconsin. So, coming at you guys on National Inbox Zero Day. Chris, how are you celebrating National Inbox Zero Day? I have no clue what National Zero Inbox Day is. What do you think I can't it address... is? What do you think it is? What do you think it is? Zero Inbox Day. National Inbox Zero Day. You got no, you got no mail in your inbox. I don't. Yeah, what is you do, it? Yeah, you you uh, you Clear mark, out your... you mark, mark all your emails as read. And get a fresh start every October sixth. Okay. Kind of a big day, so you know that's huge actually. Because I have, I just keep my read emails at like nine hundred. So I have nine hundred unread emails, and when it goes over nine hundred, like when it's nine oh one, I'm like, oh, I have an unread email. I got to go check it. Text messages, I have like three hundred something like that unread so i'm i'm probably the worst person when it comes to clearing out their their boxes so you gotta discussing so you gotta celebrate that today i guess and uh and then set it set it to zero get a fresh start i i can do that i can do that also i i don't know if there's anything i can do about my internet issues so hopefully we're clean here but hey if we're not cutting it out if we're not it's all right it's all right um all right you ready to get in the first topic chris let's do it man all right, first topic today is the first preseason game. Uh, Wolves beat the Heat 121-111. Some stats that stand out, Jaden McDaniels, 10 points. Anthony Edwards, 24. Jalen Noel, 14. Torian Prince, 19. And Nate Knight with a quiet 14. Chris, what are your uh, initial thoughts on the game? Yeah, impressive performances throughout, honestly, was the biggest was the biggest takeaway for me. And I think... Another big takeaway is, you know, those people saying we're not going to have any depth after this trade. I think you're very mistakenly mistakenly wrong. Um, Torian Prince, I thought, did a lot of really good things. Um, you saw the defense playing out a lot. Um, I thought this. I don't know if it's just the shots different to me, or it's just that they're going in. But the shot looks really good, better than last year. I think the decision process of whether the shooter drive, um, the efforts there. I think TP's that type of guy that's taken over the Pat Bev role this year. So it's, it's mm. nice to see that type of intensity, even in a preseason game. Um, we'll touch on it later in my segment, which is to be named to be named. Um, I thought Bryn Forbes had a really impressive debut today. Get in more of that later. Um, I thought Austin Rivers struggled a bit, but good, good on ball defense. Um, obviously Anthony Edwards, I thought played terrific. The mid range game is completely different from what it was last year. Um, we were saying, no, no, no. When he'd take a mid range yep. shot last year, this year he's getting to a spot. And I think he knocked down every single mid range shot. I saw him see. So those were my big takeaways from the game. Um, I'd like to hear some of yours. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get into more of a, in my segment, Peyton's player, we'll be getting more into a, a specific player. Jaden McDaniels kind of want to dive into his performance, very efficient game. But um, a few things I noticed right away, man, is, like you were saying, the depth of this team is way better than we thought it was going to be. I mean, we didn't have arguably three of our four best players. I don't even argue. We didn't have three of our four best players, and we still scored 62 points in the first half. We looked pretty well in control. Like it just, we looked like a solid team. Like I, I was even questioning if this team could beat our team a couple years ago when we were really struggling. So that was great to see. Kind of weird to see Kyle Anderson out there repping the number five. I, 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 every time I'd look out there, I thought it was uh, my guy Malik Beasley. Um, so that was a little weird. It was it was also weird having the Heat announcers. Did you have the Heat announcers when you were watching? Is that was that the same all the way around? 
Yeah, I think they were only doing the Miami broadcast tonight. Okay, that makes more sense because you're not going to want to travel someone down to Miami for a preseason game. But, um, so yeah, I'm still excited to listen to our new uh, play-by-play guy. His name's slipping me right now, but um, Michael Grady. Michael Grady. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. But it was cool listening to how they perceive the Timberwolves, the Heat announcers. They were talking about how fast we are, how running gun we play. And when you watch the Timberwolves and, like, when you're a Timberwolves fan, you kind of forget about It's just not as prevalent because you're so used to it. But, like, from outside eyes looking in, it was cool to hear how they think of the Timberwolves. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, just the, I think the big takeaway from this first preseason game, I mean, that's tough to tough to really tell what the season's going to look like from one preseason game. But I think this team's just going to be, again, a really hard team just to go beat, like go travel to Minnesota and beat them. I think, I think a really good comparison for them is the jazz from the past few years. I mean, you know, it's not like Utah is like the most dominant team, but they're, they're always getting the one top three seed one, two or three. They're always just like a really tough team to beat. Like, I think that's going to be kind of the story of this team. Hopefully that can translate to the playoffs too. But I mean, you, you've seen, I mean, Jimmy Butler was out, but, the Heat are another one of those teams that's really hard to beat, and I, we handled them, I thought, fairly easily. I mean, we we didn't even play with our big three, and right. we kind of that's the depth was them with the bench. The depth was very good to see, and and how we were talking earlier, like everyone's saying, oh, we got rid of so much for Rudy Gobert. They're showing the graphic, the classic graphic on the screen where it's like Wolves get Rudy Gobert, they give up huge list of like all their assets, but. Honestly, I think our bench is better than it was last year. Nas Reed didn't look half half bad. I thought he looked he's, he played pretty solid. I know his minutes aren't going to be what they usually are, but I was impressed by Nas Reed. Um, so yeah, Chris, uh, we got to think of a, of a segment name for you guys. For you, um, me and Chris are thinking about each having our own little segment in each episode. So we'll have a name segment. It can be really be whatever we want. It gives us a little creative freedom, but. Um, Chris, for today, he wants to break down uh, Bryn Forbes and you know talk a little bit more about what he originally thought of uh, Bryn Forbes' debut in the White and Navy. Yeah, so I mean, I think the I think the Bryn Forbes signing starting off there was just such an underrated one to say the least. I mean, you got a guy who was a you know a real contributor for that Milwaukee Bucks championship team. Um, and you know, with the departures of some guys, Malik Beasley, especially there was going to be a shooting void. I think that, that especially needed to be filled up with this team. Um, cause you look at the starting lineup and you go, you know, D'Lo, Ant, Jaden, Carl, um, Gobert. And you look, you look there and Kat's really the only proven proficient three point shooter out of that bunch. Um, so you inject someone like a Bryn Forbes off the bench and I think you've seen it last night. I mean, what did he – he scored 19 points off – or no, 15, I'm sorry. 15 points on 15. five – or two for three from three, four for six from the field. Yeah, and it's it's a really weird comparison. I don't know why I was thinking of it this way. I'm not saying he's that player at all, but you know how the Warriors use all those off all those off-ball screen setting? And it, that's kind of the – like, he looked like – Steph Curry off ball to an extent. He was running through picks, going around curl screens, passing when needed, shooting when open. Like I think Bryn Forbes was the most fundamentally sound player out on that court the other night. And I think he's going to be a real, real threat Um, from three-point land. I think Torian kind of showed us that too. So we have 
you know, two, I mean, you could count, you could count Forbes as a guard, but two wingers who are going to be able to shoot the three at a hopefully pretty high clip. Bryn Forbes close to 40%. Um, and you, you kind of see Noel too. And I thought Noel did a really good job of, you know, hitting those spot up threes the other night, um, some creation for three pointers too. So I think while the starting lineup may kind of be that fast, physical, really high paced offensive team, um, I think you're going to see the bench kind of be a different vibe of like kind of freelancing, you know, that more five out offense we saw last year. So I don't, I mean, I'm just, I'm just really excited. There's so many different styles of play going on here. We can do the the twin towers. We can go put a really athletic lineup out there. That's going to get to the rim. And now we know we can, we can space out the floor a little bit if we need to. So yeah, I think those are my impressions. And it's just always great to have a shooter. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I feel like we haven't really had very consistent three-point shooting, even though I know we're up in the league, high in the league. And three-pointers made. Uh, you made a great point before we went live. He looks like – you said he looked like Malik Beasley, but he only takes good shots. Yeah. Which is is a great way to describe it because that was Malik's downfall. It's like, yeah, he'll – he just shoots and shoots and shoots, and yeah, he'll make five some game, but he'll also go over 13 the next game. Like, he's just – so confident, but if it seems like Bryn Forbes, he's always in the right spot. Um, it's almost like he was a player that played for Greg Popovich or something like that. You know, he seems it's almost it's almost like that was a thing. Yeah, he seems very fundamental. Um, again, and like when we have a player like Anthony Edwards, who is a young, developing player who's not very fundamental, I'd say it's great to have guys like Bryn Forbes, Kyle Anderson, to balance it out almost and act as like and you know just kind of even it out a little bit. That was what I was just about to say, too. I thought the Kyle Anderson, Bryn Forbes connection, I don't know if it is Popovich related, but those guys were playing off each other so well, especially with Kyle handling the ball and all the off-ball movement from the bench. So it's going to be exciting. This is this is a really, really I, – I just I, – I can't wait till the 19th, man. I think players like, like um, you know, like Bryn Forbes and Kyle Anderson, kind of just the chill guys, they're super serious. Um, they're guys that are going to be able to weather a storm – leaders on the team it's it's guys like that that are on championship teams so it's like we're used to being so young and now we're finally getting like last year our only veteran veteran was um pat beff but now this year we get rid of him we add i guess i don't know how old pascal is but he seems like a veteran but we had five i think yeah we had we had pascal we had anderson we had uh bryn forbes and now we're starting to develop a more mature and just kind of They've been around the block a little bit with these guys. Another guy too, maybe maybe like Chris's crossover, but another guy, Chris's AJ. He, he was kind of an underrated signing. He was a summer leaguer for the Dallas Mavs, um, averaging around I think eighteen points in the summer league. Sharpshooter. I don't know if you saw him out there. Double zero the other night. I was like, who is this guy? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's AJ Lawson. That guy prediction is going to make the team and going to be a forty percent three point shooter. The guy at corner threes is absurd. All right, Just a mark, prediction. Mark that one. Um, a, a funny stat, now that we're talking about uh, the, the vets on the bench. Dude, Eric Paschal, I didn't like look into him until um, until I was watching that game. But how tall do you think he is? He's like, isn't he like one of those six foot five big men? Yeah, he's, he's like six foot small. five and a half, 250 pounds or something. Like a PJ Tucker type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was like a 6'10 guy, but no. Yeah, he, he, had, he had a tough game, but I, I see I see the good that I think he can provide. I think he got out rebounded a little bit, but I did like his physicality on, on defense. So 
Yeah. All right. We're going to go into uh, Peyton's player. Um, this name is not uh, – it's not It's not set in stone. You know, I'm just tr- I was trying it out. I kind of wanted to see what it looked like on the layout. And I'm also realizing now that I deleted the uh, timer from my computer. So it's not – there's no timer today. So we're just kind of free balling it. This is – you know, it's a little out there of an episode, but we're just getting in the flow. But Peyton's player today um, is Jaden McDaniels, and I love talking about Jaden McDaniels. That's honestly kind of why I made him my player of the day. Um, but my initial reactions from the game is the defense is still there. Um, I know people said he added weight, but he, at least from my perspective and at least the angles we were seeing, he kind of looked skinnier or taller taller and lengthier than I remember. I don't know, maybe taller it was the hair. Sure. Yeah, it was just he looked very skinny. Like he looked like Chet Holmgren out there. What I yeah, like, dude, he, he just looked big. Like he just looked like not massive because he's not filled out, but he just looked really big out on the court. He looked like um. Ed, did you see all those highlights of that guy um from France or Australia? The, the oh Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, dude, he looked like that almost. Like not that big. He was. It didn't have the seven eleven wingspan, but. I don't know, man. He goes four for five from the field, two for two from three, which is exact. If he puts up this stat line every game this season, I will be more than happy with a 10-point game from Jaden McDaniels. Maybe you could up the rebounds a little bit, but that's really all he needs to do. Is he needs to guard their best player. He was guarding Tyler Hero, and he needs to shoot efficiently, and he needs to get some rebounds. So I was I was really happy with what I saw from Jaden McDaniels. Um and my big statement that looks good. Yeah, that looks, that good, looks good. And my big statement is, Jaden McDaniels, when he's playing like he did uh, two nights ago, I think he is the key that makes us a championship contender. If you have a fifth man that can do that, guard the best player, I think he is the reason why we might make a run at it this year or next year. So, yeah, I think it's it's cool too because you can kind of you know get a look into the future of what's what's going to be who's going to be on the Timberwolves in six years from now. And it's going to be those, those two staples, Ant and Jaden. Um, a play I really wanted to highlight was they got out on a fast break and you saw some of Jaden's ball handling splits. The defenders looked very, um, very uh, in the, in the past, I feel like he's looked a little uncoordinated on the court, not in a bad way. I think it's just a lot of the way that the tall guys are, but the way he was dribbling and finessed his way to the rack and just had a perfect scoop layup, it was it was something we haven't really seen from him, the playmaking aspect of Jaden. So I think that was a really cool play and a really good step in the right direction there. Um, and I think he's going to have, you know, some some bigger opportunities in this offense, even though we just added some more mouths to feed. I think there's a place for him cutting to the rack. There's a place for him coming off screens and he – for him to do that, he's got to be able to dribble the ball and pass in this offense. So it's it's something he's worked on, and I hope it shows. Well, something I also want to highlight is is if he's the fifth option offensively for us, then, I mean, theoretically, speaking science here, speaking big words, he should be having the fifth worst defender on him from the other team. So he's going to be able to take advantage of some mismatches. Like, So if he's the three and he's 6'11", he's going to always have a guy that's smaller on him because they're going to have to worry about Cat and Gobert. So he's going to have so many mismatches this year. It's incredible. He's going to be posting up and getting fed for days. So I really do think he's going to have a, a big part in this offense. 
Isn't it hilarious how we've been talking about Jaden McDaniels for the past three or four minutes here, and we haven't even mentioned his defense yet? That's how right. That's well, how that's exciting a of a player he is. Yes, and we, I saw, we haven't even mentioned his best attribute yet. I saw a funny meme on Twitter. I thought it was real for a second, but it was like, you know, um, I think Kyle Teague or whatever his name is tweeted out. Peggy. It was Teggy. I don't know, but um, it was like uh, it was the MGM like survey, and it was like seventy nine percent of. Um, t- of GMs would would take Jaden McDaniels if they could take any player right now to have on their team, and it's just like obviously that's not true. But I feel like every GM wants Jaden McDaniels. Everyone, he's the most like known about, underrated player in the NBA. I'd say like a casual fan doesn't know who he is, but all the GMs, all the coaches, all the players know who he is. Even like top players in the league because he's the guy who's freaking guarding them, and they hate it. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think he's got a real shot to make an all-defensive team this year. And oh, I, he I'm should. Not, he said it too. Yeah, I don't take that lightly because I, I think putting one of the better off-ball defender, on-ball defenders in the NBA in Jaden McDaniels, this, the dude is 6'11", and he's a great on-ball defender. And then putting a seven foot two, probably the oh. best one of the one of the best rim protectors in NBA history, right behind him. That's a lethal lethal defensive combo in the starting lineup so like this talking like this just gets you excited for for what's the we haven't even got to see our three arguably three most productive players on the court yet but and this is already this is already what we're we're already so excited about what we saw last night yeah i think it was cool i'm happy that the the big three didn't play because it got us a chance to see these other guys and it kind of gave them uh a chance to shine, and I got one more point to make about my Peyton's player of the day, um, about Jaden McDaniels. I feel like the thing he struggles with most is confidence. Confidence offensively, he's got the skills, he's got the shot. I think it's kind of a thing where you can see, you can literally see the confidence start to ooze out once he makes one play. You can literally see him getting more confident. His body language changes. He's he wants the ball. He wants to make a play. But I feel like what he needs to work on the most is going into every game with that confidence. I think what we see from him so much in the past is it takes one basket for him to get confident. And like sometimes that basket takes until the third quarter for him to hit the first basket, and so that's a whole half of basketball where he's not engaged offensively. So if he can learn how to – it's not something you learn. I don't know. If he can just get that confidence from the start of every game, I think that that is when he will take that, that leap. Yeah, uh, to kind of add on to that, too, I thought I'm not a huge fan of like preseason because I, I'm really scared of like guys getting injured. And when Jaden hit the hit knees with Tyler Hero, I was like, oh, take him out, take him out. Luckily, that he's fine. They took him out. I'm like, that's how you manage it. But also the guy he hit knees with last night, I wanted to mention Tyler Hero just got the ginormous contract. I was a little skeptical of him getting the money. But last night, I thought he was he was he looks like a pretty complete player. I mean, I don't know about his defense, but. It seemed like over 20. That guy was hit. He was getting to his spots, hitting threes. I thought he looked really good in the pick and roll. So, hey. All right, Chris, I think we're going to get into our uh, favorite segment of the uh, of the show. And I'm also realizing now that my template for our two-person uh, screen, I also deleted from my computer, so it's not there. But, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay. So, Chris, favorite segment, uh, where's Wancho? Um, we just wanted to break down quickly how Wancho, our favorite player, how he's done in his first two games with the Raptors. So first game, um, he finished one for three from the field, three rebounds, and three points. Um, 
And then we're going to go to his second game against the Celtics. He finished 0 for 1 from the field, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, and 0 points. So, you know, we like to keep tabs on our boy Wancho. Um, hopefully he can he can step it up a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't even think I have anything of substance to add to that. But keep yeah, going, that's, Wancho. We're hey, that's for you. why that's why we didn't want to make it one of the uh, one of the six topics we talk about. I think we can just throw it in there after Peyton's player um, mm-hmm. and just give you guys the update on Wancho every single time. We're mostly doing this for our uh, favorite fan, Greg Weasley, because we know he's a Wancho guy. We know the story. We know the jerseys. Um, we know the the broken marriage because of Wancho. So we just want to you know kind of give him that little. The knowledge. All right, Chris. Next topic: Jalen Noel expectations. Um, you could either go with this on his season expectations or how his contracts looking next year. Um, I'll let you start this one just, out. Just J- yeah, just Jalen Noel in a nutshell. Honestly, I think is a good way to put this. Sure. Put just Jalen Noel, and I think I don't know. I was thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with with my man Jalen Noel last night. <laughs> We're, we're we're Jane McDaniel's fan club here, and we're also Jalen Noel fan club here at uh, Howling at the Mike podcast. Um, I thought defensively, the thing he struggles with the most, I thought he looked solid. Um, I think I think there was a lot more effort, especially you know getting the starting role here in the preseason to go out and put some effort out defensively, so you can stay on the floor when called upon. And I think, man, he can just score the basketball. Uh, I think we already know what he can do, like driving and hitting the mid-range and the floaters and finishing. But I thought another thing he added the other night was off the screen again. I think off-ball movement is going to be a thing that's going to keep coming up. And Jalen Noel, or Jalen Noel was hitting those catch-and-shoot threes. And usually we just see him, you know, off the dribble, hesitation, three. But, no, it was good seeing him come off some picks, hit some open threes. And uh, I think – he's in store for a decently large contract next off season. Cause you, you look at the production he's going to get, he's going to be coming off. He's going to be the first one off the bench here um, with some probably lower usage usage players like McLaughlin or like, well, I don't know if that's true. Cause you know, it, it depends on the rotations, but he's going to get a bigger opportunity this year. Yeah. And trying to re-sign him at the beginning of this season was a good move by Tim Connolly. I think Jalen Noel made the right decision on betting on himself this season. Um, I think the the rumored deal was supposedly three years around $21 million, and I, I think Jalen Noel's um, more than a $7 million annual player. I think he's more in the 12 to $15 million range. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to retain him um, long term. I hope we can, but it's, it is going to be tough, you know, with Ant coming up. Um, D'Lo will be coming off the books, but Ant and Jaden are probably going to get two two of the filler. You know, Ant's going to get the 35 mil rookie scale five years, and then Jaden is hoping probably for around 15 to 20 million a year. Um, but then you still have Rudy Gobert and you still have Cat, so it'll it'll be interesting. I I just want him to shine this year and uh, definitely want him to get paid. So yeah, especially you, uh, we're we're self proclaimed Jalen Noel fan club. Um, I think we can both agree on this that. If he's not in a Timberwolves jersey next year, but he's on a different team getting paid, starting, um, making an impact on maybe one of the worser teams in the NBA or on a championship team, I don't think that either of us would be upset. I think we'd be you know, quite happy for the guy because he's just, I don't know, I feel like he is so under, like, not undervalued because I know that everyone loves him, but I just, I feel like he could do so much more than what he's doing for this team. And I would, you know, I just want to see 
what happens when he gets let loose. Yeah, no, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm I'm I am really interested to see who they work him in with because I it's it's just hard. The guard rotation's hard. It was hard last year too, trying to fit all the guards in the in in the rotation. It's going to be hard again this year. I mean, I think. Jordan McLaughlin showed you this this first game that he deserves to be a rotational he player. Should, he deserves to get minutes. He got didn't he get like five or six steals or something like that? He he had a four. Four. He had a great game defensively. Um I thought he really, really had a good connection going with Nas. I mean, we, oh, we know we that, love that connection. Season. We love that connection. But it'll be interesting to see how they pair him in the rotation. I don't know if he'd do better with a player like Delo. I, I think he probably would be better in that role off of D'Lo or with McLaughlin. Gobert. Yeah, rather than an ant or cat. I just don't think he fit as well in that type of um, scheme. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm really excited for Finch. Um, by the way, this isn't really Jalen Noel related, but GMs, um, I think it, this is actually just, just the odds too, but the odds on favorite to win coach of the year this year is our man, Chris Finch. She is the number one um, leader. So love Finch, minus nine hundred or plus nine hundred, get your bets on them right now. Hey, we need to get a bet sponsorship on here, huh? Um, mm-hmm. A few more Jalen Noel things I want to touch on is this is what I say all the time, but he literally can get his shot off anytime, no matter what. And especially in the past seasons when our offense has gone stagnant, you give him the ball, he gets up a good shot every single time. And it's not like D'Angelo Russell when D'Angelo Russell gets up a shot, you're like, oh. Like, what the hell was that? Jalen Noel, he can get off a good-looking shot anytime. Like, it's just, I love that. Um, and then another thing what you're talking about coming off the screens, if he can learn from a guy like Bryn Forbes, Austin Rivers, on how to get easy shots. Because also, when he's creating all these shots for himself, it's a lot of effort being put into him. He has to work very hard. But if he can just start getting these easy shots, like Malik Beasley type uh wide open threes off a cut off a screen. I think that'll even help him out even more as a player. Cause he'll have more energy for defense. He'll just, you know, it'll make it a little bit easier on him. He, he, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got a, I know one of his better skills is creation, but he's got to be able to, you know, work off ball, especially with, you know, McLaughlin and D'Lo being, you know, ball dominant guards. It's, yeah. it's going to be important for him to do that. But yeah, I, um, I kind of want to get in now to, our guy Carl Anthony Towns, um, he was out with an illness. I think it said he lost like 20 to 30 pounds, um, hospitalized with a throat infection. Um, I don't know anyone who could hear that and not be slightly concerned. Um, but, yeah, I don't even know what to think. It's so random and just kind of – it's alarming almost. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, I guess I just – I – I'm not feeling too great about where he's at right now. And that sucks because I guess I don't know if this is a for sure thing, but kind of seeing what a lot of the other insiders are posting is it's not something that's just like, Oh, you're back into basketball now. Like he hasn't done any physical contact work at all. He's just been working one-on-one individual shooting drills. He's down 20 to 30 pounds. He's, he looks really skinny on the court. He looks like 225, 230 right now. I just, it's it's not a surefire thing that he's going to be available for the first game, and I think that's got to be the you know the the thing here. He just he looks really pale. Um, he just looks different. He, he looks completely different. A good thing he's in good spirits though, and he's out at least doing some shooting stuff. But let's well, not you know it's not a guarantee he's going to play um, 
that first game. And I, I think we probably rest them for the preseason here. I mean, getting that sick probably takes a pretty big toll on your body, you know, physically. And also just, I'm sure the stamina is low right now. It's, 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 yeah, we don't really know what the illness is. We don't know anything about it. Um, could be, could be, uh, could be the, the one nine related. Don't no, know. it's not non COVID related. No, I mean, that's what I'm, it could be from, from vaccine. I, we shouldn't even get into that, but yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it, it's, we don't know what it is. I think that's the thing that's, you it's know, alarming. It's kind of scary. Of, yeah. It's just kind of like, not something that you like, Oh, your best player goes down with a, goes to the hospital for a throat infection. Like, it's just like, Whoa, and he loses 30 pounds. It's just, yeah, that's kind of a, it's, it's weird. And then now he's back and it's just, I don't know. I don't know really how to, how to think about it, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's, that's the part that's killing me too, is I feel, we haven't heard too much about it. And usually that means it's like, ah, they're probably keeping it quiet for, for something. I mean, so I, I think we can weather the storm if, if he's not here for the first and week it, or so we got an easy schedule. So, I mean, it's going to be okay. And it might help us. It might, honestly, if you were, if you were looking at a positive in any, every situation, it might help Gobert kind of get his chemistry with everyone else, kind of, and then you bring in Cat, and then I guess they won't have the chemistry, but it'll, I don't know, it's kind of a good stepping stone easing into Gobert. Do we know if Gobert and D'Lo are playing tonight, by the way? See, they were recording this? I think I saw that they were going to play, but I also, for some reason, when I was reading it, I thought I saw that Cat was also going to play, but I know that that's most likely not true. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I know that Gobert just played that entire. Gobert, CD. Gobert, he, he's will NBA be ready. He he is. I think so. I I, yeah. I swear I saw or heard someone talking about that. D'Lo and Gobert will be playing, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I'm not a huge fan of preseason, but I think you do need, especially with new teammates here. I think you need at least one quarter of those guys, and after yeah. a quarter, I think you just you especially sit Gobert down with all the mileage on his body this summer, and I think. D'Lo was dealing with some soft tissue thing. Isn't that the reoccurring theme? But D'Lo's got something, bro. Always some uh, he, some contusions. Isn't that how they always said it? Contusions. Yeah, dude. He just loves Odd sitting contusions. out. He loves. I think he just he's he's gonna be a great coach in the future. I think. Um, but yeah, I think he just loves being a coach. I think he loves like sitting on the sideline, coaching the guys, like wearing his cool outfits. Like I think that's that's what D'Lo loves the best. So I think he's he's all for that. Um. Going into that game tonight, um, this this should be posted here very soon. So we'll have this out today. But um, going into the Lakers game preview, um, the storyline, everyone's talking about it. Pat Bev, um, Uncle Pat, he's we're joining him again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm sure LeBron won't play. It's just preseason basketball is hard. But, again, we're going to be able to watch these young, these new guys again. So, I think Le- I, I mean LeBron played in their last their last preseason game there in Vegas. I think um, was it last know, night I, though? Because it's a it, it was oh a, true yeah yeah so I don't know he wouldn't play two in a row. But I think Westbrook will probably play. I'm sure Pat Bev is going to want to play. Um, I don't know, man. That Lakers team is just everything you hear about them is so dysfunctional from the top down. Like you hear about them trying to trade their last like first round picks for miles Turner and buddy healed, you know, you still got Russell Westbrook making 44 million. Um, Anthony Davis is hurt again. I don't know if you saw that he's hurt already. It's just like, but this dude, is the Lakers storyline. Yeah. But the thing I think is that's kind of weird is everyone already counted them out. Like most people don't have them in their top eight in the West, but like, if I'm the Timberwolves and just say 
say worst case, whatever, we, we're in the play-in and we have to play the Lakers, like, in an elimination game, I, I'm not wanting to play LeBron James in a play-in game. Like, I I would no. never – That's what, like, I feel like they're, they're now they're very underrated in the West. Like, I still think they can make a run. Like, they're, they have freaking AD and LeBron. And, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like – Yeah, the, G, the GM poll, I think, had them at 7th or 8th best team in the West. So, I mean, they have them as a playoff team. Um, it's just, it's, it's the fact of the matter, I think is they lost Malik Monk too, which was their like one of their main scores. So it's like, I don't think they had a really good off season, like Lonnie Walker and eh, some of the other, I think Pat Bev was a good addition, but well, I think they lost some of those, uh, Horton Tucker as well. Yeah. So I mean, who did they trade for him? Who did they get back? Cause I thought he was untouchable. I thought he was one of their on like their Jaden McDaniels type guy. Like, I don't even know who they got. I know they got Schro- Schroeder signed with them too. I mean, I, I don't know. I it'll be a. Fi- it's always fun watching the Lakers. I mean, it'll it'll be a good game tonight. I'm sure. Be some energy. I think. Uh, what Ant say he's not worried about Pat Bev. He better be worried about me. Did he say that? Yeah, he said. <laughs> someone asked him if he's worried worried about Pat Bev. He said Pat Bev better be worried about me. I love that man. You and you know it's all love between those guys. Like, it's just oh, gonna yeah. be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be almost tear jerking to watch. Like. How like I can just imagine him like running past a screen, getting caught up with like Ant or something, and just like holding on to him and just kind of like joking around. Like I don't know. I feel like the refs are gonna be confused the whole game. <laughs> no yeah. one's gonna under. It's gonna be like a practice last year, and we never got to see the practices. So it'll be cool to kind of see what the what those relationships were like. Yeah, it'll be. It'll, it's gonna be a good game. I like. Oh man, the nineteen. It's it's less than what is it like thirteen days away, right? Thirteen days away. Good Less man. than two weeks, so I mean, it's coming. It's coming here soon. What, uh, we what just day get of the everyone week? Ready. What day of the week is the thirteenth? Oh, that's a good question. It is. It is the nineteenth on a Wednesday that we will be playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I think we. I think we stream that shit, huh? I got. Um, I got trivia night, but I'll, I'll be skipping trivia night to stream the game if Chris is available. If Chris is available. Chris is available. Chris is available. Yes, I think Chris, 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 Chris will be available for the for the live stream tonight or uh, on Wednesday. So that'll be that'll be fun. It'll be good to get back into the streams again. Our, oh, that's uh, how we get the viewers, man. That's how we that's how we really reel you guys in. Is yeah, the that's that's. I think we gained like eighty subscribers on the in the Bucks game last year. So I know you guys like the live streams. It'll, it'll I love fun. them, dude. They're fun. It's just hard to do them on like non-important games, like mm-hmm. when we were doing like the freaking Kings game last year and like. The best part about those is I, I, and you know, I don't do this for the views, but when you have a lot of people in the chat and everyone's just like communicating with each other, like that's when it's fun. When everyone's like talking shit in the, in the chat, like it's great when we have a bunch of people and everyone's kind of into the game with us as well. Yeah. I think, uh, what else do we have another topic or is it? No, this is it. This is the last topic. We kind of, another, another note to mention. I don't know if we mentioned it, but, um, not a not a hundred percent for sure, but ninety percent for sure. I think next Wednesday, the man of the hour, Darren Wolfson, will be coming on, joining us. So hopefully that can come through. I gotta email him back here and confirm it. But uh, you guys will get a dose of Darren. I think it'll be his fourth or fifth time on here. Um, we usually do do pretty well with with Dukes. So yeah, we. Fun. I mean, we hold our own. It's kind of like a. I don't know. Like we're at, at first, we we're very nervous to to talk to Doogie, but now it's just kind of like an old friend that you're seeing. 
Yeah. That you, that you lost. Let, let Doogie. Let Doogie. Let Doogie talk. That's all. Let you Doogie do. talk. Just shut up. Let Doogie talk. Ask him a question. <laughs> let him go, and he'll drop you some close sources that he knows and you know you might get lucky and hear something that no one has heard yet and it might be breaking on the howling at the mic podcast so might hear might ask a might ask about ronde again ronde <laughs> info on how ronde is doing but uh um chris one last thing my guy um we we just got out of the uh of the zach bryan concert um this sunday um if you had one word to describe that concert what would you say um <laughs> I would say revival. I I, oh. I posted that on my Instagram. It was it was a revival. It was it was uh, it's kind of like you just have this build up to one thing for like months, and you finally get to do it. And it's like a euphoric experience when you're actually there seeing them. And we got pretty good. We got pretty close too. Oh um, yeah, bro. Basketball fans got to go check out Zach Bryan if you haven't. It's maybe we stuff. maybe we get a new segment, a Zach Bryan song of the day, and then that's that's after Wancho's. Where's Wancho? It's like a one minute segment. I think that'd be kind of that'd be kind of interesting, you know. Kind of, see a little bit more than just just the Timberwolves side of, of, of me and Chris, because we we got got some. We had a, we had a, we had a podcast about random shit not too long ago. Right, get a few a few more topics from that in there. But yeah, um, I think this is a is a great spot to to wrap it up. Um, again, happy National Inbox Zero Day. Uh, make sure to clear up those clear up those inboxes and text messages and. Everyone, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys with Doogie next week.